Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid of the Commandment Keepers Church. Uh, we have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Prophecy Unfolding. Prophecy Unfolding, brothers and sisters. The Concealed Conspiracy. People of color have always felt that there's a conspiracy that they find themselves on the outside of. A unseen hand working against them behind the scenes. Today we are going to uncover that conspiracy that has been hidden for ages and show its application in prophecy, brothers and sisters. Now when we say people of color, we're not just speaking of so-called Negroes. We're speaking of Hispanic people also. We're speaking of those natives that had their land stolen from them. We're speaking of um, the Hawaiians and Samoans, those who had their land, their island snatched from them. We're speaking of all of these people, brothers and sisters, some of the Vietnamese that were warred against by the Edomites, by the American or Roman government, some of the Japanese, some of those darker Japanese where you had Hiroshima, brothers and sisters. And of course, we are speaking about the Negroes. We are speaking about the blacks, brothers and sisters. So we're going to utilize the Bible today to give us some resolve to what we find transpiring day to day in our communities. Today's lesson will be called Prophecy Unfolding. We're going to start at Matthew, brothers and sisters. I need you to go to your New Testament of your Bible, King James Version, that is Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Today we will learn that our forefathers asked the same questions, brothers and sisters. They seek the same answers. The Bible has all the answers to resolve our confusion, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Matthew 7 and 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So the Most High is saying, you must have action. You must have action. You must do something that elicits a, a response, brothers and sisters. The opportunity never comes to knock on your door, brothers and sisters. If you're seeing here, all these are actions. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. See? He's telling us. I know you're at the door, but if you don't knock, I will not answer. I know you would like the understanding, but if you don't humble and ask, you will never find it. See? Closed mouth never gets fed, brothers and sisters. So what are we going to do? We're going to ask by going into the Bible for some resolve on what we see in our communities on a day-to-day -day basis, brothers and sisters. As we've spoken before, many of our people, if not all of our people, those who can see clearly, understand there's an unseen hand. There's a limit on how high I can go. 
Even our celebrities understand this. If you have a white celebrity who has a hundred million dollar in his bank account and you have a black celebrity that have a hundred million dollars in his bank account, guess which one is going to be treated as the upper echelon, even though they have the same amount of money. <laughs> exactly. You can go and see uh, years back, Oprah said that there was some uh, some brick and mortar stores that refused to service her, that refused to allow her to patron their company. And here we are, we're speaking about what? We're speaking about a billionaire here, probably the richest black woman <laughs> in history, right? See? So there's something going on, brothers and sisters. And we only can find the answer in the Bible. Follow us to 2nd Ezra 6 and 57 through 59 to show you that Ezra, our forefather, had the same question, brothers and sisters. Ezra, the prophets, all the prophets asked the same questions. We're going to find that out. Follow us to the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2nd Ezra chapter 6. We're going to read verse 57 through 59. Verse 57 says, And now, O Lord, behold, these heathen which have ever been reputed as nothing have begun to be lords over us and to devour us. But we thy people, whom thou hast called thy firstborn, thy only begotten, and thy fervent lover, are given into their hands. If the world now be made for our sakes, why do we not possess an inheritance with the world? How long shall this endure? How long shall this endure? So according to this text here, oppression is not a new idea to us, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse 57 again, chapter 6, 2nd Ezra. And now, O Lord, behold, these heathen or Gentiles, which have ever been reputed as nothing, have begun to be lords over us and to devour us. So here Ezra is asking, how long would the heathens have place to triumph over us, brothers and sisters? What we're seeing here is hostility against Israelites dates back nearly as far as history has been canonized, brothers and sisters. And today we will expose the system that was created to devour us, brothers and sisters. We just need to show you that even our forefathers were asking, guess what? This oppression is not new, brothers and sisters. And I know people think, you know, Gentiles, they look at us and say, why are black people in specifically so angry? <laughs> we're talking about generations of oppression. And it's not just from white people. It's not just from white people because before there was white people oppressing us, there was others. There was black people oppressing us where? In Egypt. Moses was a black man, but guess what? So is Pharaoh. See? Moses was an Israelite. Pharaoh was an African, a Hamite. That was black on black, brothers and sisters. See? So, I read an article um, a few months ago, and I'll, um, I'll give that article out at a later date. But it spoke about how the so-called Jews, the Jewish people, 
um, who are the descendants of those who were in the what you would call the quote unquote Holocaust, how that still affects them. It traumatizes them today. And you can see that you can see the trauma in their actions today, brothers and sisters. So my question is, if something that was a short period of time that they claim was only six million, what about what happened to us? <laughs> Just speaking of the transatlantic slave trade, we're talking about 99 million of us made to serve another race. Now, now listen, with the Holocaust, that doesn't have anything to do with us. Why? Because that was white people oppressing other white people. So I really, you know, I really get irritated sometimes when, you know, uh, people bring up the Holocaust as if that was black people oppressing white people. That was white people oppressing white people. They were the same race here. That's, you can't put that on par with what transpired against my people against our people, brothers and sisters. What transpired against us, that is that will never be that will never be emulated, brothers and sisters. It could never be done again. Let us show you something here. Let's go to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. We're gonna to go to Ecclesiastes chapter ten verse seven. Brothers and sisters, Ecclesiastes 10 and 7 says, I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. I'm going to read that again. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. So this text here illustrates a world turned upside down where you have those who should be serving riding and the masters are walking service upon horses means the worthless are exalted to dignity brothers and sisters and when it says princes walking as servants upon the earth so degraded from our own honor banished from our thrones reduced to the lowest state and condition <laughs> See, this was even in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Let's read that again. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 7. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. See? So a lot of our people... We think this is normal because why? This is the only thing we've ever seen. We've only seen being on the bottom. We've only seen being the tail, brothers and sisters. But that was not always so. That was not always so, according to the text. And guess what? Even the most high, he, he sees what's going on here because a lot of us believe you you know there's no evidence of god in our neighborhoods god doesn't care god is seeing this also brothers and sisters that's why this information was compiled into one record for you see the most high sees those who really sh who should be serving in in positions of authority and those who should be the rulership serving walking on the earth the earth is turned upside down, brothers and sisters, and I always tell, especially black people, the only way or the only book that tells you what we see before us today 
is incorrect is the Bible, because a lot of our people would like to excoriate the Bible. They would like to castigate the Bible. They would like to point us to Islam and, and all these other myriad of religions. And I'm like, well, hold on there, brother. Hold on. Because the Bible is the book that highlights what's transpiring with our people. There is no other book that says we should be ruling, brothers and sisters. Not the Egyptian book of the dead, not the, you know, none of these books, brothers and sisters. This is why we would never put this book down, brothers and sisters. Follow us. We're going to stick in the Old Testament here. I hope you're following us here. We're at a Lamentations in the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter 5. We're going to read verse 8. Then we're going to jump to verse 16, brothers and sisters. Lamentations chapter 5, verse 8. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doeth deliver us out of their hand. So here we're seeing slaves employed as overseers and taskmasters. Even the slaves amongst our oppressors are dominating God's people, brothers and sisters. Let's read verse 8 again. Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doeth deliver us out of their hand. Follow us to Lamentations 5 and 16, brothers and sisters. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. Let me repeat that. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. So according to this text here, our sin would relegate our sovereignty to them. Therefore, they would be hard pressed not to relinquish their dominance, brothers and sisters. Our current condition is harnessed to our unwillingness to submit, brothers and sisters. See? So according to Lamentations, our supremacy was conditional. And when I say supremacy, what, what are we speaking of? Let's read 16 again. The crown is fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. So obviously there was a crown, brothers and sisters. Obviously there was supremacy, brothers and sisters, that has now been taken. Why? Because we have sinned according to Lamentations. Are you seeing that, brothers and sisters? See? Follow us. We're going to go to Psalms chapter 2. We're going to read 1 through 5, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter 2, verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Verse 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. That is Psalms chapter 2, 1 through 5. Let's go back. Because these, these texts here express their unyielding motivation and professed hostility, brothers and sisters. According to this text here, 
there's a worldwide conspiracy to keep the children of Israel in subjection. Let's show you. Psalms 2 and 1 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. Who do they take counsel against, brothers and sisters? Against the Lord and against his anointed. See? So they oppose both the Most High and his anointed, brothers and sisters. The fury of the nations is directed at the Most High as well. And since we belong to the Most High, we would get that. Because why? They can't fight against him. The only thing they can do is fight against his anointed, brothers and sisters. Let's read verse 3. Psalms 2 and 3. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. So these are the words of the confederate heathen pow uh, powers, brothers and sisters. They endeavor to cast off the restraints and authority of the Most High and his governors. See? So at one time, what? There was rulership amongst Israel. We dictated the law. We dictated everything that went on in the earth, brothers and sisters. And what did they say? Verse 3. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. See, so they want to, they, number one, they don't want to be under us. They, they hate even the thought of somebody that's not, somebody that looks like us, brothers and sisters. You know, people of color, blacks, Hispanics, natives, being the what? Being the governors of the earth, being the authority, brothers and sisters. So when you tell them you're the children of Israel, you should see their countenance turn to evil against you. Why? Because they understand what comes with being an Israelite, brothers and sisters, through blood, rulership, power, supremacy, control. That's a nightmare to these Gentiles, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you because why we're talking about this conspiracy. And conspiracy is not a bad word, brothers and sisters. Conspiracy means two or more parties conspiring against you. It's not a bad word, but there's a negative connotation on the word conspiracy, brothers and sisters. But we're here to show you. We're going to utilize the Bible to show you you are not crazy. There is an unseen hand that is fighting against you every step of the way, brothers and sisters. We're going to stick in the Old Testament. Follow us to Jeremiah chapter 11. We're going to read verse 19, brothers and sisters. I hope you're jotting these down. Jeremiah 11 and 19 says, But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter, and I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. That his name may be no more remembered. So what we're reading here is that conspiracy, brothers and sisters. Going to read that again. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. Now that's key. We can't, you know, we got to take our time here because the word lamb there suggests innocence and harmlessness, 
brothers and sisters, while unsuspecting the nations are conspiring to crush us. We're going to read that again. But I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me. See, so we're unsuspicious, completely unaware of the catastrophe that awaits. Let us finish the rest of that scripture, Jeremiah 11 and 19. Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof. And let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may be no more remembered. See? Now, when it says, the key part here is when it says, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. Well, matter of fact, let's start it here. Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living. Now, brothers and sisters, without fruit to provide a seed, the tree can never propagate. So what we're reading here is an extermination. Let us not only cut off the tree, but its fruit. Because why? An apple tree produces apples. And what you find inside that apple is a seed that will grow more. Are you seeing this? So they have made their counsel or consultations crafty, brothers and sisters. The scripture says we're like a lamb. That's led to the slaughter, a slaughterhouse, brothers and sisters. See, this is why we don't go into other records, because this is the record of my forefathers. This is the record for the natives, the Hispanics, the Negroes, the Cambodians, the Hawaiians and Samoans. See, this is the book that tells us there's a conspiracy against us. Brothers and sisters, you can't find this information in any other record. Let's go to Jeremiah 33 and 23. We're going to read 23 and 24, brothers and sisters. Prophecy unfolding. Jeremiah 33 and 23 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Consider if thou not what this people have spoken, saying, the two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people that they should be no more a nation before them. So the nations who operated as if we were permanently cast off committed great sin, brothers and sisters. They were salivating at the opportunity to take advantage of us. We're going to read that again. Verse 24. Considerest thou not what this people have spoken? What did they speak, brothers and sisters? Saying, the two families which the Lord hath chosen, Judah and Israel, the two kingdoms, brothers and sisters. And we're going to read 24 again. Considerest thou not what this people have spoken, saying, the two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people that they should be no more a nation before them. So what we're seeing here, society as presently constructed has been assembled to restrict our rise, brothers and sisters. And this literature here uncovers the hostile mentality of the nations. They caused us to sin, and therefore, when the Most High took His protection off of us, they began to what? They began to come against us. They began to destroy us, brothers and sisters. They began to implement laws or 
give us freedoms that are actually against the laws of our forefathers. Why? To keep God's protection away from us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they have to deal, you know, wisely. They can't come against us physically. They know that. Even in slavery, that was something spiritual going on. Because why? You had 200 slaves and maybe three masters on that land. And none of us revolted. M majority of us didn't revolt and take it over. Why? Because it was something spiritual that the Most High did to our mind. They know they can't physically beat us, brothers and sisters. They know this. What we just read was Jeremiah 33, 23, and 24. And now... We're going to go to Ezekiel 35 and 10 to magnify what Jeremiah was saying in chapter 33. Follow us to Ezekiel 35 and 10. We're going to read 10 and 11, brothers and sisters. Verse 10 says, Because thou hast said these two nations and these two countries shall be mine and we will possess it, whereas the Lord was there, therefore as I live, saith the Lord God. I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of thy hatred against them. And I will make myself known amongst them when I have judged thee. We're going to read verse 10. Because thou hast said these two nations and these two countries shall be mine. And we will possess it, whereas the Lord was there. So the Edomites believed that they could use our crisis to enlarge their dominion. Who's in our land right now, brothers and sisters? You have Europeans claiming to be Jews. They always had a desire to confiscate our land because they understood that whoever operated in that land of Israel ruled the world, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 11. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, what did he say? I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast used out of hatred against the children of Israel. So the Most High is saying, listen, I will retaliate all the anger, the envy and hatred shown unto my people. They will be made to suffer the indignities they designed to heap upon Israel, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that one more time because it's something I don't want you to miss. Ezekiel 35 and 11. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, I will even do according to thine anger and according to thine envy. See? So they harbor envy for our elevated status in the eyes of the Most High, brothers and sisters. See? They're envious of us. Why? Because God ever chosen. And it's us. And with us having that elevated status, according to the Most High, the other nations envy us, brothers and sisters. And they hate God. They hate a God that would have a favorite. Unless they were the favorite. <laughs> you seeing this, brothers and sisters? See? The Bible's uncovering or it's revealing that conspiracy we always felt was there but couldn't prove, brothers and sisters. That they always emphatically deny, brothers and sisters. Listen, you can you can deny whatever you want, but the scripture stands. Because I didn't write this book. The commandment keepers didn't write this book. This book was here before we were ever thought of, brothers and sisters. And there was a conspiracy going on in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. That is still 
running strong today. Let's show you how they would operate, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, follow us to Wisdom of Solomon in your apographer. We're going to go to Wisdom of Solomon chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 10 and read it all the way through 19, brothers and sisters, to show you their mindset. We've already shown that they had envy. The Bible already illustrated that they had envy and hatred for us because of our elevated or exalted position in the Most High's eyes. Now, what would be the response to that envy that they harbor, brothers and sisters? See, you can only get what we're getting ready to read in the Bible. He's giving you the mindset of our enemies, brothers and sisters, of our oppressors, brothers and sisters. We're going to Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2. We're going to read 10 through 19. Verse 10 says, let us oppress the poor, righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. So they're looking to oppress us, brothers and sisters. Let us oppress the poor, righteous man, it says. Verse 11, let our strength be the law of justice. For that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. So look at this. Where it says, let our strength be the law of justice, they would use legislation as a form of oppressive measures, brothers and sisters. See? And especially if you're black and a man, you already understand this. <laughs> you already understand this. They've implemented laws that are against who we are naturally, brothers and sisters. Now, why would they be doing this? They would be doing this in order to tranquilize this awakening. Brothers and sisters, we're going to read verse 10 again. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us spare not the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. So they don't care if you're young, whether you're a woman or whether you're, you know, whether you're aged or more mature or older. They want to oppress all of us, brothers and sisters. Verse 11 says, let our strength be the law of justice for that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. Let us, excuse me, therefore let us lie in wait for the righteous because he is not for our turn and he is clean contrary to our doings. He upbraideth us with our offending the law and objective to our infamy, the transgressions of our education. So it's telling you they're going to lie in wait for us. Why? Because we're clean contrary to them. We're telling them, listen, I don't I don't eat pork. That's an unclean animal. I'm too valuable for that. I don't eat, you know, um, shellfish. I don't, I don't do that. Well, actually, I, I don't operate on the Sabbath. I don't operate. I don't, you know, get together on pagan holy days or holidays. That is Christmas, Easter, 4th of July, all the Thanksgiving. See, they have a problem with that, brothers and sisters. Let me read that again. Verse 12 says, therefore, let us lie in wait for the righteous like a snare, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he is not for our turn and he is clean contrary to our doings. He upbraided us with our offending the law and objective to our infamy, the transgressing of our education. We tell him, listen, your education is nothing. 
Your, your education is foolish. Why? Because you're teaching us that what? We came from monkeys. <laughs> you're telling us that the earth came from a big bang. See? We tell them, listen, your scholars are foolish, according to God, according to the Bible. You can't sit down with us with that Christian theology, going to, you know, uh, what they call those theologian schools, seminary college. These pastors can't sit down with you. Verse 13 says what? Verse 13, he professeth to have the knowledge of God. And he called himself the child of the Lord. See, this is all the things they take issue with. That we claim to have the understanding of who God is and who we are. And matter of fact, we're the children of Israel. The people that crossed the Red Sea. Verse 14 says, he was made to reprove our thoughts. He is grievous unto us to even behold. For his life is not like other men. His ways are of another fashion. See, they don't understand us, brothers and sisters. Everything they've done to break you down, to break us down, to show us that we're nothing, to demoralize and degrade us, to castigate us and excoriate us, to criminalize us, we still continue. And they're asking themselves, how do you still believe? How do you still believe? How are you still holding up? See? Verse 15 says, he is grievous unto us even to behold. That means to look at. Why? For his life is not like other men's. His ways are of another fashion. See, they hate this. Anytime you don't follow what they follow and you start talking about having a culture of your own, they take issue with that, brothers and sisters. Because listen, I'm white, <laughs> you know, and anything I say is right, you should follow. You should follow Christmas because I'm following it. See, you should eat swine because I'm eating it. <laughs> See? Verse 15, brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, let's jump to verse 16. Wisdom of Solomon 2 and 16 says, We are esteemed of him as counterfeits. He abstaineth from our ways as from filthiness. He pronounceth the end of the just to be blessed and maketh his boast that God is his father. See, they, they really hate that. They hate that we say we're the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. That's the thing they hate most. Is that black people and Hispanic people, people of color, think they have value in this earth. See? Let me read that again. We are esteemed of him as counterfeits. Yeah, we tell you you're not the Jews. You're an Edomite. You're a Gentile. You're a heathen. He abstaineth from our ways as from filthiness. He pronounceth the end of the just to be blessed and maketh his boast that God is his father. Verse 17, let us see if his words be true and let us prove what shall happen in the end of him. For if the just man be the son of God, he will help him and deliver him from the hand of his enemies. So they're saying, listen, if you are who you say you are, we're going to find out because we're going to put your faith to the test. Because it's easy to be, you know, it's easy to be enlisted in the army when there's no war. <laughs> see, they're like, OK, we're going to test your chin. We're going to touch your chin out. See if you can take a punch. Verse 19. Let us examine him with despitefulness and torture. That we may know his meekness and prove his patience. Why? Because the Bible tells you. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. In their first scripture. Excuse me. The first scripture we went to in Wisdom of Solomon. 
which was what? Verse uh, verse 10 says, let us oppress the poor righteous man. <laughs> See? They know what they're doing, brothers and sisters. They know we have plenty reason to be angry. They know this. But then all of a sudden, when you show some anger, which I'm not a proponent of, but when you show it, they look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> like, listen, everything's okay. Everything's fine. Racist? No. Listen, you have all the same opportunities as me. <laughs> See? They're trying to invigorate you, brothers and sisters. What we're showing you here is the insight of those who oppose us, brothers and sisters. Jot these scriptures down. Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, 10 through 19. And that main verse I want you to focus on is 10 and 11. And we're going to read those again. Verse 10 says, let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. Let our strength be the law of justice. See, it's the law that they use so they can pull you over, especially in New York, brothers and sisters. They had, you know, stop and frisk where they could just stop you and pat you down. You've done nothing. <laughs> See, and listen, matter of fact, if you don't pay taxes, we're going to throw you in jail for that. Matter of fact, we're going to use, you know, we know there's a curse going on amongst your people where, you know, a lot of sisters are raising children on their own. So now we're going to implement where we take, you know, 90% of your check. And if you don't give us 90% of your check for, uh, you know, child support, we're going to throw you in jail and make you a criminal. Give you a felony so you can't travel. See, brothers and sisters. In fact, what was this? In the 90s, they had what, the, what you call the war on drugs. So they already understood, you know, we're already an oppressed people. We're living in ghettos. So they know that it's more likely that a person who is oppressed and have no money is going to commit crimes. So they do what? They go through the, the ghetto neighborhoods. That's where they roam. That's where they look for crime. And they had a law where if you had crack, you got 10 years more than having more weight in powder, brothers and sisters, because they know black people were smoking crack. Black people don't, don't put stuff up their nose. That's more of a white collar, you know. That's more what, what richer drug addicts do. They buy cocaine and then they, they start shoving it up their nose. Black people are trying to get what's cheap. Crack is cheaper, brothers and sisters. So you could have a key, you know, a kilo of powder and a gram of actual crack and the kilo of powder gets less time. Look this up, brothers and sisters. They understand. In certain areas in, um, in the United States, it's a crime to have your pants hanging off your behind. Now, do, am I, do I believe that's something that's good? Absolutely not. I don't do it, and I don't let my, you know, my children do it. But, I'm, you know, I've been down south and seen these hillbillies coming off tractors with butt cheeks hanging out, no underwears on, all this. And it was never a crime. With black people, we turn everything into a fashion statement. It's fashion amongst our people. It's something that just naturally happens amongst our youth. And they make that a crime. See, brothers and sisters? Verse 11 is giving you an indication of their mindset. What does 11 say? Let our strength be the law of justice. See? The laws are oppressive, brothers and sisters. 
They're oppressive. See, that's where the real racism is. I, you know, most racism, I believe, especially nowadays in America, is usually not the individual. It's the systemic racism, brothers and sisters. It's not the system. I personally have never had a white person come up to me and call me a nigger or, you know, a monkey or anything like that. Now, I know uh, maybe I'm in the minority because I grew up in a city, you know, and not down south, Alabama, Mississippi, some of these areas, brothers and sisters. But really, the racism lies within the systemic system. It's the, it's the system that's actually racist, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 21 and 11, brothers and sisters. Follow us there, please. I hope you're jotting these scriptures down, brothers and sisters. Psalms 21 and 11 says, For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, which they are not able to perform. I'm going to read that again. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, which they were not able to perform. So according to this text here, the nations shall not be permitted to do all that is in their power against the godly brothers and sisters. They've concealed sinister schemes, which they are not able to perform. So we just talk about the, the things that we know they're using against us. What about all the other stuff that we don't even know they've set up as a snare, brothers and sisters, against our people? See? So even though we, you know, we're unaware of this slaughter they're trying to lead us to, the Most High is protecting us. Now that protection is conditional. You have to follow his law, statutes, and commandments. Because within those laws, statutes, and commandments is what? <laughs> those laws are implemented or were commanded in order to protect us, brothers and sisters. Now, when you go and start operating outside of his law, then you're on your own. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Let's go to Psalms 141, chapter 141. We're going to read verse 9 and 10. We're going to read verses 9 and 10, brothers and sisters. Psalms 141 verse 9 says, Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, in the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst I, excuse me, whilst that I withal escape. We're going to read that again. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me in the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst that I withal escape. So according to Psalms, this illuminates that our enemies set snares for our demise. Brothers and sisters, they have looked to entice and seduce us every step of the way. Brothers and sisters. And our flagrant ineptitude will result in a relinquishment of power. We're going to read that again. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. Evidence that they're snares they've laid. And the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets. 
whilst that I withal escape. So let them fall into their own snares while we escape. See? The Bible is giving you insight into this conspiracy, brothers and sisters. Our people are not crazy. We've never been able to prove it, but we could feel it. We could feel an unseen hand operating. The Bible is giving you resolve. To magnify that, let's go to 2nd Edges in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. We're going to 2nd Edges, chapter 2. We're going to read verse 27 and 28. Get your Apocryphas out, brothers and sisters. 2nd Ezra 2 and 27. Be not weary, for when the day of trouble and heaviness cometh, others shall weep and be sorrowful, but thou shalt be merry and have abundance. The heathen shall envy thee, but they shall be able to do nothing against thee, saith the Lord. This scripture tells us what? It tells us that the Most High's favor is not fair, brothers and sisters. Fair is a place where they judge pigs. Life isn't fair for us, right? The Most High's favor is not fair. We're going to read it again. Be not weary, for when the day of trouble and heaviness cometh, others shall weep and be sorrowful, but thou shalt be merry and have abundance. The heathen shall envy thee, but they shall be able to do nothing against thee, saith the Lord. So guess what? That favor has resulted in a perpetual envious spirit harbored by the heathen. Brothers and sisters, see? The heathen shall envy thee, but they shall be able to do nothing against thee, saith the Lord. So Gentiles, they, they understand that we relegate our authority over to, over to them through our insubordination to the Most High. Brothers and sisters, are you seeing that? See, so this is why they set up your, your shucking and jiving pastors, these tap dances, these pips in the pool pit to tell you what? Listen, you don't have to worry about the law. You eat whatever you want, brother. You know what? Listen, you can come to church on Sunday instead of the Sabbath. Listen, the, the holy days are done away with. We know it's not Christ's birthday on Christmas, but, you know, yeah, 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 brother. <laughs> yeah, bunnies lay eggs, brother. See, everything they're teaching is against you, brothers and sisters. They understand the Bible better than we do because we just listen to them without reading for ourselves, brothers and sisters. We have what I like to call parrot syndrome. We repeat what we hear other people say without, you know, any, any um, looking into it for ourselves, brothers and sisters. Any study for ourselves. We just repeat what we hear the pastors say. It tells you in this scripture, they envy us, brothers and sisters. But guess what? The Most High will not allow them to do anything against us if we stay in His obedience. See? The protection comes through our obedience. We're not following the law for no reason, <laughs> brothers and sisters. We're following it for a reason. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Jeremiah. We're going to read chapter 30. We're going to read verses 6 through 8, brothers and sisters. 
Ask ye now and see whether a man doeth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. So verse 6 is indicating a time of agony, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So these end days will be catastrophic, especially for the descendants of Jacob or Israel. It's called Jacob's trouble. The world calls it the new world order, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 7 again. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. So Satan's wrath will be directed towards the ethnic descendants of all of Israel. And that is the importance of our people understanding who they are. Why? Because there's a purpose plan to exterminate whoever the children of Jacob are. Now, if the children of Jacob don't know who they are, then guess what? Open game. Open game, brothers and sisters. Let's read verse 8. Jeremiah 30, verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. So look at this, brothers and sisters. The liberation of God's people from all foreign oppressors. That's what we're reading here. I'm going to read that again. Jeremiah 30, verse 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and I will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. See, this is why they're against us. This is why they don't want us to know, because they've been serving themselves of us, brothers and sisters. We've built every empire in the earth, brothers and sisters. They send us to wars, brothers and sisters. We play on their basketball teams, their football teams. They're the owners making all the money, but yet we're the players. They have us rapping and singing, dancing, playing violins while they collect all the money as what? <laughs> as the owners of Sony, as the owners of Def Jam and, and all these different companies, brothers and sisters. See, they've all used us to get rich. When you look in Christianity, who's a better Christian than black people? Who's a better Muslim than black people? And, 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 and you know, and Israelites. When you deal with Catholicism, I don't know any better Catholic than Hispanic people. Just using us. I don't know a better Muslim. Black people are better Muslims than Muslims, excuse me, than Arabs are. See, they're just using us, brothers and sisters. Just using us. And verse 8 is doing what? It's highlighting the liberation of God's people from all the foreign oppressors. I'm going to read that one more time. Jeremiah 30 and 8. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. 
Brothers and sisters, please, please take heed to what Jeremiah 30 and 7 said. Jacob's trouble, brothers and sisters, that the times that are coming will be like something we've never seen before. And it'll be aimed towards the children of Jacob or the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. We have to wake up. Because why? There's a conspiracy to exterminate us. Why? Because the promises of Abraham, brothers and sisters. Everyone else in the earth understand the significance of the promises made to Abraham and the promised land, brothers and sisters. It appears we're the only people who don't care. We care more about, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's shoes and Jay-Z's rap album. We care more about sports. And smoking, you know, smoking spliffs. We care more about that. While people are ruling over top of us, brothers and sisters. You have to be aware. The Bible has given us all the information we need to be cognizant of this concealed plan to exterminate us, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Isaiah. Brothers and sisters, please. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8, brothers and sisters. Please jot this down. Isaiah 29 and 8 says, It shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh. But he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Who is Mount Zion? The children of Israel. We are Zion. We are the people of Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Isaiah 29 and 8 says, It shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. So this text here illustrates their disappointment in their confident expectation of annihilating our people, brothers and sisters. According to this text, the enemy could visualize victory. That's why I said it's like you having a dream, brothers and sisters, and having a feast in that dream. And then you wake up and you're hungry because that wasn't real. See, so according to this literature here, their disappointment is irrefutable, brothers and sisters. Though Israel would be in imminent danger, yet we would be suddenly delivered. See, brothers and sisters, there's a plan here amongst nations. We're going to read that again because I don't want you to miss this. Isaiah 29 verse 8 says, It shall be even as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth. But he awaketh, and his soul is empty. 
Or as when a thirsty man when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold he is faint, and his soul hath appetite, which means he's still hungry. So shall the multitude, that's the key word, so shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. There's a multitude of nations, brothers and sisters, that are against us. See, this you can't you can't mirror this book with any other book, brothers and sisters, especially if you're native Negro Hispanic or some of those uh, darker Asians. See? Because the Bible is telling you that there's a myriad of people who have are against you, brothers and sisters, just for who you are. We've done nothing to these people, brothers and sisters. We've been oppressed for ages, brothers and sisters. And the Bible is the greatest book ever published, brothers and sisters. It's the most sold book in the history of of publications, brothers and sisters. And it would be a disservice, it would be negligent for us to read this record about whoever these people are and to not know who these people are, especially if it's you, brothers and sisters. See? So Gentiles can learn from this too because Gentiles need to see, you know, there's reason for why we act the way we act. Now, am I condoning it? Absolutely not. Because the Bible illustrates or dictates how we should operate. But at least have some understanding. Because everything that we've been saying, even though we didn't have proof, is highlighted here in the Bible. Brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hosea 6 and 2. Brothers and sisters. Hosea 6 and 2. Hosea 6 and 2 says, After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Brothers and sisters. So, their dissatisfaction is instigated by our awakening. Because remember, the scripture previous, which was Isaiah 29 and 8, says, It's like a man who had a feast and a dream, yet... Awaken to still be hungry. So that's key. Let's read Hosea again. Hosea 6 and 2 says, After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. So this text emphasizes a time stamp for this awakening, brothers and sisters. We have to use the precepts here to understand completely what this scripture is trying to tell us, brothers and sisters. Follow us to 2 Peter 3 and 8 because it said, remember, after two days, he will revive us. 2 Peter 2, excuse me, 2 Peter 3 and 8, brothers and sisters. But beloved... Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Let me read that again, brothers and sisters. Listen closely. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day 
is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now, remember, Hosea said what? After two days, he would revive us. Now, when you add that with second Peter three and eight, which says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. So this is the most high's arithmetic for time, brothers and sisters. The most high's calculation for time is very distinct. He's telling you in 2,000 years, I'm going to wake these people up. 2,000 years. And it's no coincidence around, you know, here we are in so-called 2020. And our people are, you know, walking around the streets claiming they're Israelites. Saying we don't eat pork. Finding ourselves on kosher aisles, brothers and sisters. Celebrating, stop, stop celebrating, rather, the pagan holidays and started picking up the Passover. Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Dedication, Purim. See, they understood, brothers and sisters. They read the Bible. They know the Bible, brothers and sisters. They've always read the Bible. Now, they didn't follow it. They tried to utilize the information in it against us, brothers and sisters. So they knew around 2,000 years, we would start to wake up, brothers and sisters, after Christ. So they understood this. So what have they done? They've looked to destroy us and exterminate us completely, understanding that soon we would be waking up on a mass level, brothers and sisters. See, this was prophesied. Go back and read Ezekiel about the valley of the dry bones. If you have any biblical understanding, those dry bones are actually the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Walking around, you know, with no knowledge of who we are, no knowledge of our land, no knowledge of our God. We were like, a, you know, walking skeletons. But we would be revived through the Holy Spirit, through knowledge, brothers and sisters. See, so this awakening was prophesied. That's why they will not be able to destroy us the way they want to. Because now we have the knowledge of who we are. And with that knowledge of your identity comes what? Responsibility. It comes culture. And that responsibility, excuse me, that responsibility in conjunction with that culture, keep you away from evil, brothers and sisters. See, it was prophesied that we would be awakened 2,000 years, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read 14 through 17, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 5 and 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So verse 14 is a call to slumbering souls, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read that again. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So Christ came to give us light concerning ourselves to resolve our confusion, brothers and sisters. Verse 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly, 
not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding that the will, excuse me, understanding what the will of the Lord is. So upon this revival, we are advised to walk wisely, brothers and sisters, and to operate with a sense of urgency. How do we know? Ephesians 5 and 16 says, redeeming the time because the, because the days are evil. That's telling you, operate with a sense of urgency. You, you have a short amount of time to accomplish what the most high's will is, brothers and sisters. This is key. Verse 14 said, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepeth. And arise from the dead to show you spiritual slumbers like death, brothers and sisters. It's like death. And the Most High loved us so much that even though we've been pretty much destroyed, brothers and sisters, um, emotionally, physically, economically, uh, taught that with someone else, given a white Jesus. They've taken everything from us and still the Most High loved us so much that he had some, some poor people without formal education find this message to be able to publish it to not only to the earth, but specifically the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson is called Prophecy Unfolding. Brothers and sisters, we just went into Ephesians 5 to show that it's time to awake from our spiritual slumber, brothers and sisters. It is time for action, brothers and sisters. And that revival first starts with knowing your identity, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Romans Follow us to Romans, brothers and sisters. Chapter 13, we're going to read verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So what Paul is telling us here, brothers and sisters, is that time is of the essence. And we're going to read that again. Romans 13 and 11. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So in a spiritual metaphor, the sun is about to rise. It's time to get up. That's why it said the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Because why? The day is for getting up. The night is for sleeping or slumber brothers and sisters. So Paul is telling us it's time to arouse from slumber. The previous time had been a period of ignorance and darkness, brothers and sisters. See, it's time. It's time, brothers and sisters, 
to take full responsibility for what God created us for. I'm speaking to Israel right now. It's a conspiracy. And the Bible is doing what? The Bible is magnifying that conspiracy to tell you, listen, I'm going to give you resolve. I don't want you to, to think you're crazy. I don't want you to feel like I don't care. I don't want you to feel like I'm blind to what's transpiring amongst our people for ages, for generations, brothers and sisters. He said, seek and ye shall find, knock, and he will answer. We're knocking. We're asking. That's why he gave us the scriptures, brothers and sisters. You have to look for the answer. <laughs> That's the whole thing. This is not normal, what you see amongst our people, brothers and sisters. When you look at all the other nations, it appears we're beneath all of them as a whole. Now, yes, you have a few, you know, a few rich Hispanics or natives or black people. But as a whole, our people are suffering all throughout the earth. Look over in Brazil. Look over in Costa Rica. Look over in Cambodia. Look at these places. Look over in Mexico, brothers and sisters, in Vietnam. See, look at the ghettos. You don't even have to look past the ghettos here in America, brothers and sisters. We're suffering. Look over there in Haiti. Look over there in Jamaica, the West Indies, Trinidad, Tobago. Our people are suffering all throughout the earth, brothers and sisters. There's a conspiracy against us. The Bible is going to give us resolve. Let's go to First Thessalonians. We're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 6 through 8, brothers and sisters. First Thessalonians 5 and 6 says, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So Paul calls on us to stay alert and self-disciplined, brothers and sisters. If we fail in this task, we may begin conducting our lives in darkness. We're going to read it again. We're going to start at verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. So we are instructed to watch, to be vigilant about our spiritual state, brothers and sisters. It is vital to our spiritual health to remain alert and self-controlled. Especially in everything that's going on in the earth today, brothers and sisters, especially in Babylon. It's time to be sober-minded, brothers and sisters. Time is running out. We're at the end. We're nearing the end, brothers and sisters. We stand today in the beginning of the end. Brothers and sisters, follow us to 1 Peter 
4. We're going to read chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. <clears throat> verse 7 reads, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. We're going to read that again, starting at verse 7. Verse 7 reads, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. So now he offers a perspective which is both encouraging and a warning. So what is the right response to this awareness? Abstain from anything that prevents us from thinking clearly, brothers and sisters. It's better to be self-controlled. See? Verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Verse 8. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins, brothers and sisters. So we should, above all things, cultivate this disposition, brothers and sisters. In these days, it's, it's best to be charitable, brothers and sisters, to, deal, to be philanthropic, brothers and sisters. Because why? That can cover a multitude of sins. It's not an atonement for sins. But the, the, how the world operates, there's natural laws, brothers and sisters. If you give, you receive. You can find that particular... Uh, you can find that particular understanding all throughout Proverbs, brothers and sisters. And see, a lot of people, they already understand that. Some of the most wicked people understand this. They give a lot of money to charity uh, because they understand the earth, it operates under certain natural laws. Where when you give, you receive more back than you gave, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, listen, the end is at hand. You need to be sober and pray, prayer, prayerful. So that's the key, brothers and sisters. Being sober-minded. And not, not only sober-minded, but deal with the charity, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to go to Matthew 24. We're going to read 3 through 8. Brothers and sisters. Here we are, brothers and sisters. We're in Matthew 24. We're going to read verse 3 through 8. Brothers and sisters. Verse 3 reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Christ answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So the time of the end will be one of falsehood and deceit, brothers and sisters. Christ is saying that an increase in deceit will be, will be a hallmark of the end times. And he's speaking particularly 
of religious deception. How do we know? Let's read verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Brothers and sisters, the, the biggest religion known to man is Christianity. Christians are coming in the name of Christ, saying, I am Christ, or I am Christian. And the same people that's carrying Christ's name are telling you you can eat pork. They're telling you to celebrate pagan Easter and pagan Christmas. See? They're the same ones telling you you don't have to follow Moses' law. See, Christ was warning you. Let me read verse 5 again. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So he's telling us, be vigilant not to be deceived. Matthew 24 and 6 reads, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. That's nationality against nationality. That's a race war. And kingdom against kingdom. That's country against country. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So, verse 6 tells us contention is a precursor of end times. We're going to read that again. Verse 6 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. See? So immediately he cautions us not to let such reports trouble us, brothers and sisters. Verse 7. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. So here we're seeing an ethnic warfare and a political warfare, brothers and sisters. That's one of the signs. Let me read verse 6 again. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 33, brothers and sisters. Follows to the Old Testament. I know we have a we have a myriad of precepts here, but um, to get the proper understanding, you have to link it through precepts. That's how you study on a scholarly level. You cannot read the book, excuse me, you can't read the Bible like a novel, brothers and sisters, where you just read it straight through. You you won't you won't get understanding that way. The Bible tells you precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. That's how you study the Bible, brothers and sisters. So follow us to Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 33 Verse 33 reads Thus saith the Lord of hosts The children of Israel and the children of Judah So the children of Israel You had the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah Israel are the ten tribes More of the Hispanic 
uh, tribes, the native tribes. And then you had Judah, which were all black tribes. Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. Those are your modern-day Haitians, are Levi. Benjamin are your modern-day West Indies, which are uh, the Jamaicans, the Trinidadians. And then Judah, of course, the king tribe, is your modern-day Negroes. Let's read that again. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. So brothers and, brothers and sisters, according to this scripture, our freedom will come at a steep price. Because of their fervent refusal to relinquish us. Let me read that again. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel and the children of Judah were oppressed together. And all that took them captives held them fast. They refused to let them go. Now, that's going to be troubling, brothers and sisters. Their refusal to relinquish us to serve our own God. That's going to, that's going to prove troublesome for them. Why? Because history shows us the Most High is willing to shed blood on the behalf of his children. Just like any father. See? So these wars have to come. Why? Our freedom, brothers and sisters. Freedom always comes with bloodshed. Look at Christ. Christ gave us freedom from sin. It took blood. It always has. It always will, brothers and sisters. So that's why Christ said, listen. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. See, all this has to come because why? He's trying to free us, brothers and sisters. But the world powers refuse to relinquish us because they've been blessed through us, brothers and sisters. They refuse. We're going to show you something here. The Most High, historically, has always been willing to shed blood to free us. We're going to go to Exodus. Chapter 4, verse 22 and 23. Verse 22 reads, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. That's where you get the Passover from, brothers and sisters. But to show you here, the nations who, the empires that have kept us captive never relinquished us without force, brothers and sisters. So that's what's going on today. These wars that are coming, brothers and sisters, it's going to be a combination of wars. Why? Because the Most High has to free us. And they're not going to relinquish us without bloodshed. They're going to have to be forced. You think we're going to allow these slaves, these, you know, these Negroes who pick peas, pick cotton, build America? You think we're going to allow these Hispanics, the ones who, who work for $2 a day, who we built our infrastructure on? You think we're going to allow the same natives that we stole the land from and gave, you know, <laughs> gave smallpox to and then came with the cure? You think we're going to let these people go? Brothers and sisters, the original stock market was the slaves. They were trading slaves on the open market, brothers and sisters. 
Just think about it. If you had somebody working thousands of years for free and you got rich through their work, would you just allow them to walk away? That's naive, brothers and sisters. That's a naive perspective to think that we're going to be freed through just, uh, you know, they're just going to let us walk off. They've killed for less, brothers and sisters. We're just showing you this is why the wars must come, brothers and sisters. We're going to read chapter 4, verse 22 and 23 again. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even our firstborn. So the Most High is, he's prepared for a slaughter. Why? Because these nations will not relinquish their power over us, brothers and sisters. They will not, unless they're forced. And the Most High will do that. And we're going to show you. Especially for us, us that live here in America. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 51, verse 6 through 10, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 51 and 6 reads, Flee out of the midst of Babylon. Anyone who's followed our church, we've done an extensive lesson, many extensive lessons, proving that the daughter of Babylon or modern Babylon is who? America, brothers and sisters. Ancient Babylon is Iraq. Modern day Babylon, or what the Bible calls the daughter of Babylon, which you read about in Revelations, that is America without any shadow of a doubt, brothers and sisters. And if somebody have proof that it's somewhere else, you can email us at the commandment keepers number one, number eight, at gmail.com. Excuse me, at hotmail.com. So, you know, we've already, you're not going to change our mind. I'll just put it out there. But, you know, if you need to speak with us in, uh, directly for understanding, we can do that. Or you also can go and check out our lesson, Mystery Babylon. Uh, we have a couple other ones back in our archives that should be posted um, to give you this understanding. Because this understanding, most Christians will not bring this forward, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Jeremiah 51 and 6. Flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be, be not cut off in her iniquity, for this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. So there remains nothing for those that abide in Babylon but destruction. Those of us who are in America, brothers and sisters, this is an injunction to flee from Babylon, a.k.a. America, lest we should be involved in the punishment of her. We're going to read that again. Verse six reads, flee out of the midst of Babylon and deliver every man his soul. Be not cut off in her iniquity, her sin. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. Verse 7 reads, 
Babylon have been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that have made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine and therefore the nations are mad. So Babylon is responsible for seducing many other nations to join in her iniquity, brothers and sisters. Just one off the top of my head, you know, uh, homosexuality. What country was that that put legislation in, in on the books that two men could be, uh, you know, could be married or two women? What country did that first? Who was the pioneer of that? And now you have other nations doing it. That's just one, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read that again. Verse 7 reads, Babylon have been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. How for her? Take balm for her pain. If so, she may be healed. Verse 9. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country. For her judgment reacheth into heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. So Babylon's destiny is absolute, brothers and sisters. In this particular text, is further evidence of the identity of Babylon, which has been concealed. How do we know? Read verse 9 again. What does it say? We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country, for her judgment reacheth unto heaven, and is lifted up even to the skies. Now that's an indicator right there, because who was it that went to the moon, supposedly? Brothers and sisters. Was that America? See? <laughs> this was America. Babylon is America. It's not the Roman Catholic Church or, or what other people are saying. Roman Catholic Church didn't go up into the heavens. That was America. See? Verse 10 reads, The Lord hath brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. So this is not only vindication, but justification for our cause. What's coming to America, everything you're seeing today, brothers and sisters, America's being broken down. America's being broken down. It will never be what it was, you know, 25, 35 years ago, brothers and sisters. Babylon is falling. It's slowly coming down. The rest of the world is catching up, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse 10 again. The Lord have brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. So when America is utterly destroyed, that'll be the work of God. Brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah 13 and 17 to show you how this will transpire. Isaiah 13 and 17 says, Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them. The Medes are Iran, the Iranians, brothers and sisters. Do your research. You can probably just go to Google, actually, and type in Medes and Iran. And it'll tell you, the modern day Medes are Iran, brothers and sisters. I'll, I'll begin at verse 17 again. Behold, I will stir up the Medes, or Iranians, against them, 
which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eye shall spare no children. Now the key part is the beginning of 17 where it says, Behold, I will stir up the meads against them. So the Most High is saying, I will cause them to engage in this enterprise. And guess what? They cannot be bought off from their purpose, which is destroying Babylon. Verse 17 reads, listen closely. Behold, I will stir up the meads against them, which shall not regard silver. And as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Iran cannot be bought, brothers and sisters. See, America, that's usually what they do. They buy off other nations. They buy off their enemies. See? The Bible is telling you, Iran does not regard silver or gold. Why? They believe that their their place in prophecy is to take America down. Verse 18. Verse 18 their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces. And they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare the children. So not only will they not compromise for compensation. <laughs> it tells you, listen. They don't care about the youth. They don't care about the women. They don't care about any of that. That's key, brothers and sisters. Because when Iran strikes America, it'll be retaliatory. You're hearing it in the news. You've been hearing it over the last at least four to five years. It's ramped up more with the, the current president, Donald Trump. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased to inform you the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. These powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. The fact that we have this great military and equipment, however, does not mean we have to use it. We do not want to use it. American strength, both military and economic, is the best deterrent. I want you to go look at a map of American bases in the Middle East. They have, they've went into all the countries surrounding Iran. Every country on the borders of Iran, they have bases there. That's strategic, brothers and sisters. They have now surrounded who they deem is the enemy, brothers and sisters. So the Bible is telling you, Iran, when they, when they start messing with Iran... That's going to be the end 
of America as we know it. Brothers and sisters. That's in the Bible. Let's go to Psalms. Chapter 137. Verse 8. Verse 8 reads. O daughter of Babylon. Who art to be destroyed. Happy shall he be. That rewardeth thee. As thou hast served us. Further proof. This is not ancient Babylon. This is the daughter of Babylon. Let's read it again. O daughter of Babylon. Who art to be destroyed. Happy shall he be. That rewardeth thee. As thou hast served us. So this scripture is telling us. Blissful is he. Who has made the instrument. Of inflicting deserved punishment on America. See their destruction. Had been. Abundantly foretold, brothers and sisters. The psalmist discerns the coming judgment of the Most High. I'm going to read that again. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be that reward of thee as thou hast served us. So joyous is he who is the instrument used to vindicate the Most High's honor. Just imagine. We all grew up. We all went to school. We have the biggest bully in the school, brothers and sisters. The biggest bully in the school takes everyone's lunch money, you know, takes their shoes and clothing, right? And then somebody come and put him on his behind, knock him on his behind. You know how popular that person would be? <laughs> Just putting it in layman's terms. You know how popular and how fearful people would now be of him? See, they said they they are they would be more than happy to humble America because look at everything America have done. Let's just be real. I don't care if you are a, a nationalist. <laughs> you know everything that America have done. They've been to war with Iraq. They've been to war with you know Af uh, Afghanistan. They've been to war with the Vietnamese. They've been to war with Japan. I mean, we could just keep going on and on and on. They call him the bully of the world powers or what they call the, the policeman of the earth. See, and Americans, they boast in this. America have never lost a war. We're the strongest. We have the biggest army. Listen, Iran would love to take us down and they will. They will. Brothers and sisters, get your passports ready. Get your passports ready. Let's go to Luke 21 and 7. Luke 21 and 7 says, And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will be there? Excuse me. Let me read that again. Luke 21 and 7 says, And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? I'm going to jump to verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 says, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. So not only is it going to be race wars, but they're going to be wars against countries, between countries. The part that I want to focus on is verse 11, though. 
and the great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. I don't think it's a coincidence that Utah just had a a, 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 a destructive and damaging earthquake, brothers and sisters. This was just, I think, last week. It says, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs shall be there from heaven. The key we want to focus on is that famine and pestilences, brothers and sisters. Because the major thing that's going on in the earth today, as we speak, is this coronavirus, brothers and sisters. It's this coronavirus. Now, guess what? The Bible said pestilences or diseases would be a sign that we're coming close to the end. The number of coronavirus cases in the United States continues to soar, topping 51,000 on Tuesday local time. Now, the total number of confirmed cases reached 51,900 as of Tuesday afternoon, with the death toll standing at 670. The number of infections has been on the rise to nearly 10,000 a day since last Thursday. In Europe, at least 200,000 people have been infected, with the number of deaths approaching 11,000. With Italy and Spain becoming the worst hit nations there, the combined number of infected patients in that two countries account for more than half of the total infections in Europe. Russia's President Vladimir Putin also taking full precautions and visited a hospital outside Moscow treating COVID-19 patients. Reporting a questionably low number of infections, Russia has confirmed a total of just 495 confirmed cases and one related deaths. Meanwhile, China's Hubei province, the epicenter of the outbreak, will allow transportation to resume for the city of Wuhan starting on April 8th, lifting a two-month of a lockdown. See? Let's go to Ezekiel. 38 and 22. We're going to read verse 22 and 23, brothers and sisters. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood, and I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him, in overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Verse 23. Thus, will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord, that higher is the power. So, there's a couple things working here, brothers and sisters. The beginning of verse 22 says, and I will plead against them with pestilence and with blood. So in the Bible, plagues and pestilences were supernatural manifestations of divine judgment, brothers and sisters. See? And people will suffer the physical, emotional, and spiritual consequences of defying God's law, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse 23 again. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So this is key. The purpose of our tribulations is to bring pressure for men to surrender to Christ, brothers and sisters. That's the key. 
That is the key, brothers and sisters. These pestilences and plagues and diseases, they're written of in the Bible. And it's happening in Babylon. It's happening in other places too. But simultaneously, we're having war talks with Iran, physical engagement, and we're fighting a biological war also, a chemical war also, with the so-called coronavirus or COVID-19, which is actually a patented disease, brothers and sisters. Look it up. COVID-19 is patented. We're going to go to Amos 4 and 10, brothers and sisters. Verse 10 reads, I have set among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword and have taken away your horses. And I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. So brothers and sisters, the Most High used plagues to deliver the enslaved Israelites from their Egyptian overlords. Now remember, <laughs> remember the scripture said, they shall no more serve themselves of us, and that they refuse to let us go. Do you think America going to allow slaves to walk off the plantation, brothers and sisters? Hmm? Think about it. Let's read that one more time. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword, and I have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up unto your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. So the Bible encourages us to consider the hand of God in all disasters. Why? Because he's trying to stimulate a certain response to these tribulations, brothers and sisters. The times of pestilence and plagues is a call for self-examination, brothers and sisters. See? And we're dealing with this definitely in America. We're dealing with all of this at one time. First you had what? Over the last, what, two years... We've had a myriad or a plethora of so-called mass shootings, which we know are government orchestrated. But you've had that, right? And then, for a good stretch, they were only talking about this war with Iran. How they, they bombed, you know, Iran over there and, and different things. Killed, I think, their second commander over there. And now, what's going on? Now they're having this pestilence, this disease in which they're having to shut down businesses, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing this? Freedom comes with a price, Israel. Freedom comes with a price. Ask the Egyptians. Let's go to Zechariah. Chapter 2, verse 7, brothers and sisters. Verse 7 reads, Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. 
Verse 8 reads, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eye. Brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. So, brothers and sisters, he's telling us what? He's telling us what? We need to deliver ourselves. Why? Because Christians believe that we're going to be raptured up. No. Rapture doesn't exist. The word rapture is not in the Bible. All the things that they believe comes after they're raptured is going on right now. And they're sitting sitting around twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> See? So he's telling us, quickly get away from impending danger. This is anticipatory of an impending judgment. Let me read it again. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you touches the apple of his eye. So, brothers and sisters, he's telling you why all of these things are going on with these nations, especially Babylon. For what she've done to us, what she've done to the natives, what she've done to the Hispanics, what she've done to the Negroes, what she've done to the Japanese. Put them in concentration camps. Stole the land from the Native American Indians. Gave them uh, sicknesses. The Tuskegee experiment, where they gave uh, syphilis to black soldiers that were fighting for them. How they're separating Mexicans and Hispanic families. Throwing them in ice, uh, you know, these different camps for not having some type of paperwork. See? The Most High is telling you, deliver yourself. Flee from the impending danger. And brothers and sisters, there are consequences to disobedience. There will be a heavy cost to be paid. This scripture elucidates the danger of our present state. And if you don't, if you don't deliver yourself, then you have to deal with the repercussions of that. You have to deal with the repercussions of that because the Most High wouldn't be equitable if he didn't tell you there was an impending judgment. And he's using us and other brothers to do it. Same way he did with Noah. He didn't just let it rain down and people didn't know what was going on. He gave him proper time to adjust. America is on its way down, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you, you need to live outside of the plantation. Get your passport. Those who've been following our church for years understand we've been trying to, you know, stimulate brothers and sisters to get passports for years. And now all of this is going on and people are like, well, what, 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 what am I going to do? Brother, get your, get your affairs in order. Get your affairs in order. Because I've heard too many times, well, I didn't think it was going to happen this fast. Paul told you the end is at hand. Operate and redeem the time. For some reason, our people just wait to the last minute for everything. This is not one of those those times you can do that brothers and sisters today's lesson is prophecy unfolding brothers and sisters prophecy unfolding 
We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 50. We're going to read verse 1. The word that the Lord spake against Babylon and against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Jump to verse 8, brothers and sisters. Verse 8 reads, Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the hands of the Chaldeans and be as the he goats before the flocks. So he's telling you, prepare for your flight that ye be not overwhelmed and it's ruined. Look at verse 8 again. Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans and be as he goats before the flock. When it says he goats before the flock, brothers and sisters, giving the example for others to follow. Why? Because sheep are fearful. And therefore go behind. Goats are not so. And therefore go before. See? So even if your friends, your family don't understand, you get it in order, brothers and sisters, and show them that it can be done. He said, be as he goats before the flock. That means to lead the way to others and give them an example of obeying God's call, brothers and sisters. See, we're not waiting for other people. We're not waiting for other people. We'll do it first. And, you know, mom and dad and whoever else want to come, they'll have a place to come to. But we can't wait on someone to wake up, brothers and sisters. He gave you the information now. It's time to act on it. At least get the passport. Get the passport, start allocating funds or putting funds away to be able to operate on the outside of this demonic construct, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah 50 verse 9 reads, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her. From thence she shall be taken, their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man, none shall return. When it says their arrows, these are missiles. In modern day terms, brothers and sisters, it tells you, listen, their missiles shall be as if a expert hunter used them. It says, and none shall return in vain. That means every missile will hit. Every missile, brothers and sisters. This declares that enemies would come and overthrow Babylon. See? And it's going to start with Iran, brothers and sisters. And you know... Those of us who grew up, especially in the ghettos, right? If you had a bully and you had a chance to get him down, you better get him down. Because if he get up, we all in trouble. So when someone has the courage, and it will be Iran, everyone else is going to jump in. Because they got to take you down. After all the evil America have done. People don't like America they're scared of America. There's a difference. There's a difference. They don't respect America. They fear America. So if they get the opportunity, they will destroy America. And the Bible is telling us. We're going to jump to verse 11. Jeremiah 50 verse 11 says, Because ye were glad, because ye rejoiced, O ye destroyers of mine heritage, 
Because ye are grown fat as the heifer at grass and bellow as bulls. So it's telling you, they boasted in what they've done to the Negroes. They boasted in what they've done to the natives and the Hispanics. They were happy about destroying us. They were happy about stealing the land, brothers and sisters. You reap what you sow. And everyone knows what America has been sowing since its inception, brothers and sisters. I'm going to go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 8. Habakkuk 2 and 8 reads, Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. Because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land, of the city, and all that dwell therein. Now who spoiled more nations than America, brothers and sisters? See? So Babylon's actions must be reciprocated. This principle is irrevocable. There is no escape. It's a law of life, brothers and sisters. See? Let me read that again. Habakkuk 2 and 8 reads, Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. Because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land of the city, and of all that dwell therein. So don't do not be deceived, because the seed that they've sown was not immediately harvested, brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. We all know that you reap what you sow. And we all know, know the histrionics of America. Jump to verse 12, brothers and sisters. Habakkuk 2 and 12 says, Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish a city by iniquity. See? So whosoever that lays foundations in blood is, is here threatened, brothers and sisters. Blood was shed and iniquity done in subduing all these other nations. I mean, how did they get America? Exactly. Slaughtered the North American Indians. And then beat us and whipped us and had us work on the land. To build it up. This whole land was established on blood, brothers and sisters. Follow us to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3, brothers and sisters. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3 reads, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So Paul described the tribulation as birth pains. As labor pains on a pregnant woman that cannot be escaped. This is key. Listen to it. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Because these are there's key words that the politicians use. Well, you know, in order for uh, safety, you know, in order to deal with these terrorists, we want to have peace with Iran. So, you know, we can't allow them to use. Uh, nuclear weapons. In order to keep America safe, you know, <laughs> we have to implement these rules that infringe upon your constitutional rights. See? 
These are words that they use when really they mean the exact opposite, brothers and sisters. We're going to read that again. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3 reads, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So, to escape is impossible for America. Sudden destruction means destruction that was unforeseen, brothers and sisters. This is key. Because why? We understand that there's a conspiracy against our people. And we've, we've saw the progression of this and what the end of it is. We've read the evidence in the Bible. And now the Bible is telling you what I'm doing to these nations is recompense for how they've done my people, my firstborn son, which is Israel, the children of Israel. See? Brothers and sisters, please follow us to 1 Corinthians 7. We're going to read 29 through 35 because Paul was urging us to operate with a sense of urgency, understanding that the time is short and there's a judgment coming to Babylon, brothers and sisters. So listen to what Paul is saying here. Listen closely. 1 Corinthians 7 and 29 reads, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. So he's saying, brothers that, you know, have a marriage or a relationship need to be operating as if, you know, they do not have one. Because there's much work to do and a little time to accomplish this. Verse 30. And they that weep as though they wept not. And they that rejoice as though they rejoice not. And they that buy... As though they possess not. And if they that use this world. As not abusing it. For the foundation of this world. Passeth away. So he's telling us. Never put our temporary commitments. Above our eternal service to Christ. Verse 32. But I would. Have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried. Careth for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord, but he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So he's showing you what singleness provides opportunity to serve Christ undivided. See, so the basis for his recommendation is in view of the impending crisis, brothers and sisters. We're urged to disengage from the world for all of this is transitory. Let me read verse 34. There's difference also between a wife and a virgin or a, a woman that's not in a relationship. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Verse 35 reads, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, 
and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. See? So being entangled with it can be a captivity preventing one from our progression, brothers and sisters. He's telling us our primary focus should be at the time, excuse me, our primary focus should be at the time that's at hand, brothers and sisters. Let's jump to verse 27. 1 Corinthians 7 and 27 reads, Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a, from a wife? Seek not a wife. So he's saying, whatever state you're in, that should be the state you're in. Is he saying it's wrong to be in a relationship or, or anything like that? No, he's not saying that. But he's saying your primary focus should be on the task at hand. It says, are thou bound to a wife? Are you married? Seek not to be loose from that woman. Now, if you're loose from a wife, you do not have a wife. Seek not a wife. It's not time for that. Allow the most high to operate and bring you what he, he thinks you need to have for this time here. See, this was Paul. This is what Paul's understanding was. This is what he was trying to convey to us, brothers and sisters. He's saying your your focus, your undivided focus has to be on the time at hand or you'll become disengaged. You'll become disengaged. See, jump to Isaiah 48 and 20, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 48 and 20 reads, Go ye forth of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans with a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth, say ye the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. So the Bible is telling us to declare the Most High's determination relative to this empire. With the utmost exaltation and joy, we should rejoice that our captivity is coming to a termination, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read that again. Isaiah 48 and 20 reads, Go ye forth of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans, with a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord have redeemed his servant Jacob. So we are to publish the Most High's wonderful works on the behalf, on our behalf rather, to all nations. We are to tell the nations that what's coming to Babylon, what's coming to America is recompense. It's reciprocation for what she'd done to Israel. And guess what? Those who reject God's instructions to migrate will forfeit peace forever, brothers and sisters. Forever. We're going to go to Isaiah 48 and 17. Isaiah 48 and 17 reads, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth, teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness 
as the waves of the sea. So the Most High will instruct us with what is most conducive for our welfare, brothers and sisters. He instructs us how to get the profit in all things. And guess what? Capitulation guarantees favorable results, brothers and sisters. I'm going to read verse 18 again. Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. So those who fail to trust God's word completely forfeit more than comfort, brothers and sisters. They forfeit peace. Are you seeing that, brothers and sisters? Trust the Most High. Trust His Word. Especially for, for black people. I mean, we complain about how America's treating us every day. And then the Most High say, okay, we'll migrate. Well, hold on. Hold up now. Hold up. I don't know about all that. I, you know, I was just complaining. Well, listen. Don't complain unless you're willing to leave. <laughs> We're going to go to Amos 3 and 7, and then we'll end it at Isaiah 33 and 6, brothers and sisters. Amos 3 and 7 reads, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Let me read that again. Amos 3 and 7 reads, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So the Most High would not be equitable without giving adequate warning, brothers and sisters. He doeth no great thing for or against his people without giving prognostication. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this to give you opportunity for peace. Because if he said the destruction while you were unaware of it, brothers and sisters, then you could say he wasn't equitable. I didn't know. He didn't tell me there was a judgment coming. I've had people say, well, yeah, the Most High is not going to allow anything happen to America because there's too many righteous people in America. I'm like, I mean, when was this? <laughs> Righteousness in America? The Most High is not going to stop his judgment because you have a problem with it. Don't think so highly of yourself. The Mosai is not going to stop his judgment, his, his prophecy from thousands of years ago because you're still living in a land he told you to remove yourself from. See? We're going to go to our last scripture today, brothers and sisters. Our final scripture is going to be Isaiah 33 and 6. Isaiah 33 and 6 reads, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Let me read that again. Isaiah 33 and 6 reads, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. So wisdom and knowledge are the best elements for stability for any people, brothers and sisters. 
And this particular text appeals to the authority of scripture. Where it says, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Treasure is a source of intellectual wealth, brothers and sisters. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy time. See? So that's what's going to stabilize you. I hear people say, well, listen, I don't want to hear this doom and gloom. And it's like our people perish for a lack of knowledge because we have rejected knowledge. The Bible says you cannot reject something that's unavailable. So our people want to be, you know, put our head in the ground while destruction is going on around us to ignore it. And that's not wisdom. Wisdom is let me operate understanding what's going on in the earth politically. Let me operate with the wisdom of the Most High so I can continue to be safe and under His protection. See? So today's lesson, brothers and sisters, was prophecy unfolding where we utilize biblical literature to highlight, to uncover, to reveal an age-old conspiracy against the children of Israel and what will be the recompense or the reciprocation for such devious acts, brothers and sisters. My name is Brother Sid of the Commandment Keepers Church and I want to say, Kwam Yashrala, sin no more.